سائلين عليه وبحق من شاء هذا فإني لم أخرج أشرا ولا بقرا ولا رياء ولا سمعة خرجت اتقاء سقطك وابتغاء مرضاتك أسألك أن تنقذني أن أن تنقذني من النار وأن تغفر لي ذنوبي جميعا إنه لا يغفر ذنوب إلا أنت ويقول اللهم اجعل في قلبي نورا وفي لساني نورا واجعل في بصري نورا وفي سمعي نورا وأمامي نورا وخلفي نورا وعن يميني نور وعن شمالي نورا وفوقي نورا وتحت نورا اللهم أعطيني نورا وزدني نورا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله أرسله رحمة للعالمين فبلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد أجمعين آمنوا به وصدقوه وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده نشروا راية الإيمان وبثوا دعوة التوحيد في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في محبتهم المحسنين المتابعة لهم وادخلنا فيما ذكرت يا إلهنا ومولانا من قولك والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يعني من بعد الصحابة يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غل للذين آمنوا اللهم اجعلنا جميعا كذلك هذه الرسالة التي اختيرت لتكون موضع درسنا فيما يغسره الله لنا جل وعلا من اللقاء في هذا المكان مهمة رسالة مهمة تتعلق بالتوجيه للاهتمام بهذه العبادة العظيمة التي هي الصلة بين العباد وبين خالقهم جل وعلا يقف أحدهم في موقف العبد الذليل بين مولاه بأدب وحيا وإعلانا لفقره وحاجته وضعفه ويخاطب الله جل وعلا إنك إذا قرأت الفاتحة وجدت أن فيها خطاب من العبد إياك نعبد إياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط 
يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه محمد بن عبد الوهاب المجدد دعوه السلفيه في هذه الربوع من سنه المئه والخمسين بعد الالف وقد كانت هذه البلاد كغيرها في كثير من البلدان فيها قبور وفيها تلبيس تلبيس فيما امر التوحيد فقام رحمه الله عليه بتلك الدعوه الكريمه وهذه الرساله التي بين ايدينا ثم اختيارها لتكون موضع تلاقينا في هذه هذا المكان رساله قيمه يشير رحمه الله عليه الى ما ينبغي ان يكون عليه العبد الخارج للصلاه وستجدون ان عامه خطابه انما هو للرجال لانهم المخاطبون بان يذهبوا الى المساجد اما النساء اذن لهن ان يخرجن للمسجد ذاك امنا على انفسهن وامنا على ان لا يكون فيهن ما يفسد الناس من تبرج واظهار للزينه وتعريض انفسهن من الاغراء وغير ذلك ولذلك يقول رحمه الله عليه يسن الخروج اليها يعني الى هذه الصلاه بخشوع يعني باظهار التذلل في هذه الرحله العظيمه الكريمه يقول لقول الله بقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا توضا احدكم فاحسن وضوءه وضوءه ثم خرج عامدا الى المسجد فلا يشبكن بين اصابعه كيف يصنع اما ان يضع يدا على يد او يرسلها لكن لا يشبك الاصابع هكذا يشبك هذه لان هذا الانسان في مجالس الرجال وهم كلهم خلق مخلوقون يتادب الواحد عند الرجال لا يشبك بين اصابعه امامه فكيف اذا كان يريد ان يذهب ليناجي الله جل وعلا يقول فانه في صلاه النبي يقول عن المتهيئ للصلاه والذاهب اليها والقباقي في المسجد لينتظر الصلاه القادمه يقول انه في صلاه ولذلك ينبغي لمن خرج للصلاه ان يتادب بعدد المصلي لا يكثر التلفت في طريقه ويتجنب الخوض فيما لا يعنيه ويفكر في كريم هذه الرحله ثم ان الذاهب الى المسجد للصلاه يكتب له ممشى لا يرفع قدما قدما الا رفع له درجه ولا يحط اخرى الا حط عنه خطيئه مهما طال الطريق 
ويستشعر انه في هذا الوضع انه في الصلاه يعني تطهر توضا وضوءا كاملا ثم خرج متوجها للمسجد فينبغي ان يظهر عليه اثر ادب المصلي يقول فانه في صلاه يقول وان يقول اذا خرج من بيته ولو لغير الصلاه يعني هذا الذكر نافع للذهب الى الصلاه او للتجاره او لسفر او لاي امر يريده مما اباحه الله يقول ينبغي ان يقول الراحل عند خروجه من البيت بسم الله امنت بالله اعتصمت بالله توكلت على الله ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله إعلامه بسم الله يعني إنما يستعين بالله مسير هذا إنما هو بسم الله بتوكل عليه والاعتماد عليه ثم إعلانه بأنه آمن بالله يعني آمن بأنه عبد من عبيد الله فقير محتاج إلى لطف الله اعتصمت بالله يعني يظهر بأنه في حاجة إلى الله لا يخرج شجاعا مقبلا على انتصار لا يخرج خروج المتعرض للرحمة ربه وعفوه ولطفه فيقول اعتصمت بالله توكلت على الله ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسب جل وعلا ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الإنسان لما ينادى بهذه العبادة يشرع له عندما يقول الإمام حي على الصلاة المؤذن حي على الصلاة يقول لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله يعني أنا لا قدرة لي ولا حول لي إلا بالله بتوفيقه والنبي يقول عن هذه الكلمة في الحديث الصحيح قال لي أحد الصحابة ألا أدلك على كنز من كنوز الجنة قال بلى يا رسول الله لم يبادره بالقول قرب قبل أن يخرج من المسجد لم يخرج من المسجد خاف أنه يخرجه ما قال قال إنك قلت كذا قال نعم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله كنز من كنوز الجنة فإذا قال الواحد لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله هذا إعلان منه أنه عاجز بحوله وعاجز بقوته أن يصنع شيئا إلا إن الله جل وعلا وافقه وفقه يقول ثم يقول أيضا اللهم إني أعوذ بك أن أظل أو أظل يعوذ بالله أن يكون سببا في إضلال الآخرين وتضييعهم أو أن يتعرض لمن يكون سببا في إضلاله هو يقول أعوذ بك أن أظل أو أظل الظلال هو الضياع عن الطريق المؤدي للأمان الأرض فيها طرق كثيرة والنبي لما خط خطا وقال هذا صراط الله خط عن يمينه ويساره خطوطا اخرى متعرجه فقال هذا صراط الله هذا الخط المستقيم من سار عليه وصل الى 
مستقر الامام وقال عن الخطوط الاخرى يمنه ويسرى قال وهذه السبل ثم تلا قول الله وان هذا وان هذا الصراط مستقيما فاتبعوه ولا تتبعوا السبل فتفرق بكم عن سبيله يقول او ازل او ازل او ازل ان لا اكون في سبب زله اخرين عن اضطراب الصراط السوي او ان ياتي احد فيزل يزلني عن الطريق والانسان اذا ترك الطريق الامن راح يتخبط ثم قد ينتهي الى مهلكه لا نجاه منها ولا شك ان المهلكه في الضلال اعظم المهالك قال او اظلم يسال ربه ايضا ان يعيده من الظلم والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول في الحديث القدسي الذي رواه الامام مسلم وغيره يا عبادي اني حرمت الظلم على نفسي وجعلته بينكم محرما فلا تظالموا فالانسان في هذا الممشى الكريم يقول اللهم اني عذرك ان ازل او ازل او اظلم او اظلم يستعيذ بالله ان يكون ظالما ويستجير بالله ان لا يتعرض لظلم الاخرين قال او ان اجهل او اجهل او يجهل علي يحب ان يكون في مسيره مشتغلا بذكر الله غاضا بصره متفكرا فيما هو مقبل عليه من المقام الكريم بين يدي رب العالمين قال ثم قال وان يمشي بسكينه ووقار لا يكون متصعفقا في مشيه متلفتا يمنه ويسرى يوم الى هذا ينادي ذاك لا يكون على وضع يناسب العباده التي ذهب اليها وان يمشي بسكينه وقار السكينه ان يكون قليل الكلام الا فيما يستدعي القول من ارشاد ضال او امر بمعروف او نهي عن منكر ووقال واذا سمعتم الاقامه اذا سمعتم الامام المؤذن يقيم الصلاه لا ينطلق الواحد مندفعا مسرعا لا يمشي بسكينه اذا سمعت المقام فامشوا عليكم السكينه النبي نهى ان يكون واحد في حضوره للمسجد اذا سمع الاقامه ان يجري سعي حثيث لا يمشي بهدوء فهو في عباده ما يرفع قدما الا يكون درجه يرتفع بها ولا يضع اخرى الا ويحط بذلك خطيئه اما اذا صار يجري امتدت خطواته وتسعد باعه قال ثم فما ادركتم فصلوا وما فاتكم فاخذوا 
والذي امر السامع الاقامه ان يمشي بهوينا برفق لا يغير مشيته هو في صلاه ما دام في هذا الوضع قال وان يقارب بين خطاه ليس معناه يقارب بين خطاه يجعل القدم متواصلة بالقدم لكن يكون مشيا سهلا لطيفا لا فيه جموح ولا فيه تماوت وإن على هيئتها التي هي السكينة والوقار ثم يقول وما فاتكم وأن يقارب بين الخطأ ويقول اللهم أن يسألك بحق السائين عليك الله جل وعلا يقول وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم والنبي لما سأل قال ما حق الله على العباد حق العباد على الله قال حقهم عليه ألا يعذب من لم يشرك به شيئا من أخرص له التوحيد وبحق ممشاي يعني إن كان ممشاه حقيقة يبتغي به وجه الله فحقه كريم وأما إن كان ممشاه رياء وسمعة فلا شيء فيه لا فائدة فيه لأن المراعي يقال لهم في الجزاء اذهبوا إلى من كنتم تراءونهم هل يخبر لكم حاجة يقول ولا سمعة ثم عاد يريد يعلن لربه يقول اللهم إني يعني خرجت اتقاء سخطك يعني خوف عذابك وغضبك وابتغاء مراتك أسألك أن تنقذني من النار وأن تغفر لي تغفر لي ذنوبي جميعا إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا لا أحد يستطيع غفران الذنوب سوى الله الله هو الغفور الرحيم لكنه جل وعلا هو هو شديد العقاب لمن يعصيه قال ويقول اللهم اجعل لي في قلبي نورا هذا الدعاء ينبغي للواحد ان يحرص عليه دائما لان القلب اذا صار في حال نور وجه الاعضاء والجوارح والحواس كلها الى الخير وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب فالإنسان محتاج لسؤال الله جل وعلا أن ينور قلبه ونور القلب إنما يكون بالإيمان والتقرب إلى الله جل وعلا بما يحب من الطاعات والبعد عما يكرهه الله جل وعلا ولا يريده فاللهم اجعل في قلبي نورا وفي لساني نورا واجعل في بصري نورا وفي سمعي نورا وامامي نورا وخلفي نورا وعن يميني نورا وعن شمالي نورا وفوقي نورا وتحتي نورا اللهم اعطني نورا وزدني نورا هذا الخير العظيم الذي ينبغي للمسلم في توجهه لمثل هذه العباده ان يحرص عليه حسن للواحد ان يحفظ مثل هذا الكلام حتى لو لم يكن ذاهبا للصلاه اذا صلح القلب واستنار 
صار لا يوجه العين إلا للنظر المأذون به لا يوجه الأذن إلا لاستماع ما لا يكرهه الله ولا رسوله لا يوجه الخطى إلا لما يأذن به الله جل وعلا أو لا ينهى عنه ما فيه مصلحة إذا نورت للإنسان حواسه قلبه وسمعه وبصره ولسانه وصار النور نور الإيمان وليس نور السراج نور الإيمان الله لما ذكر النور ذكر جلالته فيحرص المسلم على الإكثار من مثل هذا الدعاء في كل خروج يخرج إلى الصلاة ثم يتذكر وهو خارج إلى الصلاة أنه سوف يذهب إلى أشرف العبادات التي قال الله عنها إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر إذا فليوطن نفسه في مسيره أن يكون مفكرا كيف يعبد الله كيف يطيع الله كيف يتجنب المعاصي هذه الجمل كلها فيما يتعلق بالآداب آداب المشي والصلاة المرأة قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا استأذنت امرأة أحدكم المسجد فلا يمنعها وبيتها خير لها وقال في الحديث الآخر لا تمنعوا إيماء الله مساجد الله المرأة كلما كانت أحرص على عدم الخروج من البيت إلا لما تدعو الحاجة الملحة إلى الخروج إليه كلما كان ذلك أفضل صلاة المرأة في بيتها أفضل من صلاتها في المكان الواسع وإن كانت يجوز لها أن تذهب إلى الجمع المسجد لكن ليست كالرجل الرجل الذي تهدد الذين لا يذهبون الذين لا يذهبون إلى الصلاة مع الجماعة أن يحرق عليهم بيوتهم في النار والله لما ذكر المساجد قال في بيوت أذن الله أن ترفعا ويذكر فيها اسمه يسبح له فيها بالغدو والأعصاب رجال لا تلين تجارة ولا بين عن ذكر الله ما قال رجال ونساء لا لكن النساء أذن لهن إذن وأما الرجال لا الرجال لا صلاة لجار المسجد يعني لا صلاة كاملة إلا في المسجد ليس معناه لا صلاة صلاة باطلة مئة في المئة لا وإنما الكمال لا يكون إلا في المسجد ولذلك تفضل صلاة الرجل في المسجد مع الجماعة صلاة الفذ الفذ ب 27 درجة هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بهذه الأسر التي سمعناها وينبغي أن يحرص الإنسان على الإكثار من الذهاب إلى المسجد كلما تيسرت له الأمور النبي ذكر عن السبعة الذين يظلهم الله في ظله يوم لا ظل إلا ظله الرجل المعلق قلبه بالمساجد 
حتى في في نفس هذا الموقع ما قال المراه التي قلبها معلق بالمساج لان المراه مطلوب منها بقدر الامكان ان تقر في بيتها الا عندما تدعو الحاجه الى الخروج كعمل لا يبتذلها وهي محتاجه اليه او قضاء حوائجها الخاصه بها كان تكون في زراعتها او في رعي ماشيتها او غير ذلك الشيء الذي لا يعرضها للشر والفتن فنسال الله جل وعلا ان يوفقنا جميعا لما يحبه ويرضاه Shaykh Hafeeb Allah Ta'ala began by mentioning the name of Allah. We praise Him and we seek refuge in Allah Azza wa Jal from the evil of our deeds. To Allah's dominion, He is alone and He has no partners. We praise Him and He is able to do all things. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the one that Allah sent as a mercy to mankind. He gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he fought in the way of Allah, the true fighting. And may Allah be pleased with the companions of the Prophet وسلم, those who believed in him and fought with him and migrated with him and migrated to him. And they fought with the Prophet وسلم, and they fought after the death of the Prophet وسلم, to spread the flag of Iman and faith, and they spread Tawheed in the East and in the West. May Allah be pleased with them, and may Allah make us from amongst those who truly love them and follow them, and those who say after them, O oh Allah, forgive us and our brothers who have preceded us in faith, and do not place within our chest any dislike for those who believe. Then he mentioned that this treatise which was selected for this lesson. We ask Allah to give us uh, the ability and the ease to meet in this particular lesson. This treatise is important because it relates with this tremendous act of worship. This act of worship is the relationship between the servant and their creator. When the individual stands in front of his Lord in a submissive, humble state, and he should do so with the proper etiquettes, and he should do so with shyness, and he should declare his need for Allah Azza wa Jal and his weakness. When the individual stands in front of Allah for the prayer, he is speaking to his Lord. And that's why you find in Surah Al-Fatiha, when the individual is reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, he is speaking to his Lord. It is you I worship. It is you I seek your help to the end of Surah Al-Fatiha. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he is the reviver of Da'wah Salafiyyah in the century that he was in. And he mentioned the year 1151. And at that time, this land that we are in, 
this Jazeera Al-Arabiya, this Arabian Peninsula at that time, it was like the other lands at that time. There were graves that were being worshipped, and the affair of Tawheed was something that wasn't known and spread amongst the people. So at that time, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, ta'ala, he stood and began to revive this da'wah, this blessed da'wah, and called the people to the Tawheed. That, or this particular treatise that we're studying tonight, that which is in front of us, is a very important treatise. And it informs of that which the, what, what is befitting for the individual that leaves the house to pray. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the majority of that which is in this treatise as it relates to Salat is pertaining to the men because they are the ones that should leave the house to uh, attend the prayer in the masjid. And the women, it is allowed for them to pray in the masjid, but as, uh, as an obligation, it is mandatory upon the men. And it is permissible for the women to do so as long as they are not in a state that would cause uh, disruption or, or evil, such as them beautifying themselves when they leave the house and the likes. They should not be in a state of beautification and the likes. So the author of the book mentioned that it is from the sunnah that when the individual leaves to go to the masjid for prayer, he should do so in a state of humbleness. And the shaykh mentioned that the person should, it should be apparent that he is humble and he is submissive because he should understand that he is making a trip, a tremendous trip to the worship of Allah Azawajal. And the individual should not cross his, or he should not, you know, cross his fingers, and the shaykh mentioned, but rather he should let them go, or he should place one hand on the other. And you have, if men are in the company of one another, you find that they do not cross their fingers like this, from the etiquettes of men sitting amongst one another, they, do, they don't do so. So what is the state when an individual is going to call on his Lord? So the individual leaves his home to, for the purpose of praying in the masjid. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that this is from the etiquettes that we're going to speak about. And this was mentioned by the Prophet wasallam about the etiquettes of an individual that's going to pray. That the individual should, when the, or the Prophet mentioned that when the person leaves, from the time the person leaves his home, and when he enters into the masjid while he's waiting for the prayer, he is actually in the prayer itself. So if that's the case, the person should have the etiquettes of one who is praying from the time, from the moment that he leaves his home. From the moment that he leaves his home, he should have the etiquettes of one who is praying. He should not think about the dunya, he should not think about anything that doesn't concern him, but his focus focus should be on the prayer itself because he is in a state of prayer. And because of that, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the individual that leaves his home for the prayer, he does not place a foot down except that Allah removes a, an evil deed. And he does not lift his foot except that Allah uh, replaces that with a good deed. 
or he does not lift one foot except that Allah removes an evil deed and he puts a foot down except that Allah replaces it with a good deed. So this informs you that the individual is in a state of worship from the very moment that he leaves his home. No matter how long the journey is, no matter how long it takes for him to reach the masjid, he is in a state of worship. And the Prophet also mentioned the importance you have the narration of the Prophet mentioned. The Prophet mentioned if a person performs the complete ablution and then leaves his home to uh, pray, that he does not place a foot down except that Allah removes a bad deed and he places the other foot down, Allah replaces it with a good deed. So the individual is in a state of worship. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, or the author mentioned, the fact that with the author mentioned, uh, If the person leaves his house, even if he's not praying, even if he's not going to the prayer. So the Shaykh mentioned, so whether the person is going to the prayer, or whether he's going for some type of business, or whether the individual is going for a journey, as long as the individual is going to something, to do something which is uh, permissible in the religion, the individual should say this supplication. In the name of Allah, I believe in Allah. So the individual is declaring that his leaving the home is done in the name of Allah and he's seeking the assistance of Allah and he believes in Allah. So in this journey that the individual is embarking upon by leaving his home, he announces that he believes in Allah he announces that he puts his trust in Allah and that he's seeking the assistance of Allah Allah. The individual says, I put my trust in Allah. So this informs you that when the individual is leaving his home, he should have in mind that he's putting his trust in Allah And the Shaykh mentioned that the individual in doing so, by saying in the name of Allah, I believe in Allah, I put my trust in Allah, the individual is informing that he is in need of his Lord Taala. He is in need of the mercy of Allah. He is in need of the gentleness of Allah So when the individual leaves his home, he's not leaving his home in a prideful manner. He's not doing so showing that he's strong and that he's prideful and the likes. But rather the individual is humbling himself and he's submitting himself and he's placing, he's declaring that he is in total, complete need of his Lord Taala. Likewise, he says, "Wala hawla, wala quwata illa billah." There is no change nor any might except by way of Allah. When the individual, and this has been mentioned by the Prophet wasallam, that when you hear the adhan being called, when the muadhin, the caller to prayer, says. The individual, it is legislated by the, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the individual should say, there is no change nor is there any might except by way of Allah. So the individual knows that there's no change nor is there any might except by way of Allah. It took place during the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he was with one of his companions in the masjid. And the Prophet ﷺ said to his companion, should I not inform you from, or should I not inform you of one of the treasures of paradise? And the individual said, yes. The Prophet ﷺ said, I will inform you before we leave the masjid. And right before they left the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ still did, did, did not inform the individual. 
So the companion, he feared that they would leave the masjid without being informed of the treasure from the treasures of Jinnah. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, you inform me that you would tell me about the treasures of Jinnah. The Prophet ﷺ said this statement, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no change, nor is there any might except by way of Allah. This is from the treasures of Jinnah. So when the individual says this statement, he's informing that he has no ability to do anything except if Allah decrees it and except if Allah allows the individual to perform that action. And then the individual says, I seek refuge in Allah Azawajal, that I lead astray or I am led astray. So the individual is seeking refuge in Allah from leading people's people astray. He does not want to be the reason for leading people astray. And likewise, he does not want to be led astray. And being led astray is that the individual deviates from the correct path. He deviates from the correct path. So he's calling on Allah Azawajal, asking Allah to make him firm. He's calling on Allah Azawajal, asking and requesting from his Lord to make him firm on the straight path. He does not want to deviate from the correct path. Nor does he want to lead others astray from the correct path. So the reality is when the individual leaves his home, he should walk straight. He should look straight. He should not look to the left, look to the right. He should not involve himself in matters that do not concern him. But rather the individual is focused on walking directly to his destination. As it was mentioned uh, by Allah Azawajal, as Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, and this is my straight path. So follow it and do not be deviated or do not follow the deviant paths. Or I slip. And it, or the individual and the individual says that it, you know it's similar to the first one, that he does not slip, nor does and he does not lead others to slip from the correct path, nor does he slip from the correct path. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that if an individual deviates from the correct path, and the safe path, this individual will become destroyed. The individual deviates from the correct path and the straight path, the individual will become destroyed. Also, the individual requests from Allah Azawajal that they do not oppress, nor do they receive oppression. And you have in the hadith al-Qudsi, where Allah Azawajal mentioned, the hadith al-Qudsi which is reported in Sahih Muslim and others, where Allah Azawajal mentioned, I have forbidden oppression upon myself, and I have made it forbidden upon you, so do not oppress one another. So this informs us it is not permissible for us to oppress. So the individual seeks refuge in Allah from oppressing others, and him being an oppressor. And likewise, the individual seeks refuge in Allah from being treated as someone who is ignorant, or... Uh, uh, not being considered yani making others ignorant or himself being ignorant so the shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that that which is incumbent is that the individual busies himself with the remembrance of Allah Azawajal from the time he leaves his home and he's going to the prayer he busies himself with the remembrance of Allah and he stays in a state that as an individual who is approaching the prayer by doing so he remembers Allah he lowers his gaze he only thinks about uh, that which he's about to approach, which is the prayer itself. He should be in a state of tranquility. He should be tranquil. He should not be prideful. 
He should not rush. He should not look to the right and to the left. He should be focused. He should be in a state of an individual who is about to approach the prayer. That's what the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned. He should be in a state of an individual who is about to approach the prayer. And Sakina and Waqar, it means that the individual one is that the individual, he does not speak much. He only speaks about that which has importance. And he is submissive and tranquil. Now, and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that a person when they are approaching the prayer, they should not speak about it anything which is not important. They should only think, speak about that which is uh, important, such as guiding someone who has gone astray or enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. But worldly affairs, the person should not be involved in it when he's on his way to the prayer. And then, now, and he mentioned about uh, the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam. But the Prophet mentioned if a person hears the call to prayer, the iqamah, the second call to prayer, the person should not race toward the prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet mentioned, verily, you are in a state of prayer, you are in ibadah. So as long as you have already started the ibadah, there's no reason for you to rush to the prayer when you hear the iqamah. And likewise, he mentioned that the Prophet said, the hadith that we mentioned, uh, the aforementioned hadith, where the Prophet said that the person, when he puts his foot down, Allah removes a bad deed, and when he puts his other foot down, Allah replaces it with a good deed. So as long as that's taking place, you shouldn't rush to the prayer, because that decreases the amount of steps that you would take to, to the masjid. Naam, and then the Prophet, the Prophet mentioned, and the author mentioned that there, so that which you reach, meaning when you reach the masjid, and the prayer has already begun to take place, whatever you have caught, then you catch it, and whatever you missed, then you make it up. So that informs you that the individual should not race toward the prayer. And uh, now, so that's what is intended, is that the individual should walk to the prayer with submission and tranquility. He should be calm. He should not race toward the prayer, even if he feels that he's going to miss a portion of it. And then the individual says, as Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentioned, I ask you, uh, oh Allah, I ask you, uh, by the right of the one who requests. And he said, he mentioned the statement of Allah Azza Allah mentioned in the Quran, call on me and I will ask you. And likewise, the hadith of the Prophet mentioned, where the Prophet mentioned the right, where the Prophet mentioned the right of the servant upon his Lord, is that Allah does not punish the person who worship him, who worships him. So with that being the case, the individuals should call on Allah Azawajal. So in this statement, the individual is saying, I ask, oh Allah, I ask you by the right of the one, of the people who ask. So you call on Allah Azawajal. And this shows that the individual does not in, involve himself in any form of shirk. He's not uh, set up partners with Allah Azawajal. And this is the right of Tawheed, that the person does not set up any partners. This is the right of Allah Azawajal, that you do not set up any partners with Allah Azawajal. And then the individual, he mentioned that he, is, uh, uh, he has not left with evil, nor pride, nor seeking, you know, seeking that people look at him, nor people listen to him. So this is correct, because if the individual has left his home with pride and seeking that people praise him, then he has no rights upon Allah Azza wa Jalla. 
he has no rights upon Allah Azawajal, nor he, will he be rewarded for his walking to the masjid. Because it would be said on Yom Al-Qiyamah to the people that seek pride in their actions, when they seek the praise of the creation in their actions, it would be said to them, go to those people that you have sought their, their, their you have sought them to praise you in your deeds and seek and see do they have a reward for you. And if the individual who does the deeds for the praise of the people, he would be told to go to the people and seek the reward from them on Yom Al-Qiyamah, meaning there is no reward from Allah Azawajal. And the individual has not, or the individual says in this supplication, I have left seeking uh, protection from your anger and seeking your pleasure. So the individual, they, they have fear of Allah Azawajal. They have reverence and they have fear of Allah Azawajal. And they know that only Allah can protect them from the hellfire. And they know that only Allah Azawajal is the one to forgive, to forgive the sins. For verily Allah Azawajal is the all-forgiving, and likewise Allah is severe in punishment to those who disobey Him. And then the, and then the individual says, Oh Allah, I ask that you uh, place light in my heart, that you place light in my tongue, that you place light in my vision, that you place light in my hearing, that you place light in front of me and behind me and on the right and on the left and above me and below me. Oh Allah, give me light and increase me in light. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that it's befitting that the individual makes this supplication. First starting, that Allah places light in your heart. Because if the heart is illuminated and has light, then this light would spread in all of the parts of the body, in all of the limbs, this light would spread. The person would have complete light in his body. As it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, Verily, in the body there is a piece of flesh. If this piece of flesh is rectified, the rest of the body would be rectified. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that this is the heart. So the Shaykh mentioned it is incumbent that the individual asks Allah and requests from his Lord to illuminate his heart with light. Because this would be the reason why the rest of his body would become illuminated. And how is this done? By the individual racing toward that which is pleasing to Allah and seeking nearness to Allah Azawajal. By fulfilling that which is obligatory and adhering to the obligations and staying away and distancing himself from that which is displeasing to Allah Azawajal. So the individual requests from Allah Azawajal to place light in his heart and in all parts of his body. So the individual, when he leaves his home for the purpose of the prayer, this individual should be diligent in making this supplication. He asks Allah to make light in his heart to the end of that which is mentioned here. And the individual understands that if this piece of flesh in his body is corrected, then the rest of his body would be corrected. If the heart is corrected, then the eyesight would become corrected. And would, the individual would only look at that which is pleasing to Allah. If the ears are corrected, the individual would only look at, the individual would only listen to that which is pleasing up to Allah. If the feet have light, then the feet would only walk toward that which is permissible and that which is pleasing to Allah Azawajal. So because of that, the individual, all of his limbs would have light 
his heart, his hearing, his sight, his tongue, and the rest of his body, all of it would have light. And what is this light? This is the light of Iman. This is the light of faith that is present in the individual. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So the individual, uh, when he's leaving his house for prayer, he should keep all of this in mind. And he should think that he should think about the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal. And by doing so, the person would abstain from sins and transgression. Because Allah mentioned in the Salat Tanha an al wal munkar that verily Salat prevents the person from sin and transgression. So in order for the person to have the Salat that prevents you from sin and transgression, the person has to be in the mind state of the prayer when he leaves the, the home. The person should think, how am I going to worship Allah? How am I going to pray to Allah? How am I going to speak to my Lord? Then the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned, as for the female, uh, it is permissible for the female to leave the home to pray, but the home is better for her. Uh, as the Prophet mentioned, uh, the Prophet mentioned, the Prophet mentioned, do not prevent the female slaves, any of the females, do not permit, prevent the females from leaving, uh, from the Afwan. Do not prevent the females from the masjid, but verily their homes are better for them. So indeed, the woman, it is permissible for her to leave the home to pray in the masjid, but she should try her best not to leave because the home is better for her. And it is permissible for her to go to the masjid, but the home is better for her. Uh, so all of that which has been mentioned, uh, it is for the men, but it is also permissible for the women uh, to do so as well. And it's an obligation upon the men, because there's a hadith that says there's no salat for the man who lives near the masjid, but doesn't attend the masjid. There's a hadith that says this, there is no salat for the man who lives near the masjid and doesn't attend the prayer in congregation. The Shaykh said the meaning of that hadith, meaning the salat is incomplete. It is valid, but it is incomplete. It doesn't, he doesn't get the complete reward for that. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, the congregational prayer is 27 more rewards, or 27 degrees uh, higher in reward than the person who prays at home. So it shows you that the man that prays at home, his salat is valid, but it is deficient and incomplete in and reward. This is a summary of that which we read in this uh, particular lesson tonight. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is befitting that an individual increases in going to uh, the masjid. As the Prophet mentioned about the individual, uh, the seven people who would be shaded on the day of judgment by the shade from Allah Azawajal, by the shade that Allah uh, provides on the day of judgment, and from amongst those individuals is a man whose heart is attached to the masjid. The Shaykh mentioned, notice that the Prophet mentioned the man whose heart is attached to the masjid. The Prophet did not mention the female whose heart is attached to the masjid. So that shows you that uh, it is preferred that the female prays. That shows you that it is preferred that the, pre the female prays at home, but she also gets a reward for attending the masjid. Um, and the Shaykh mentioned, obviously it is permissible for the female to leave the home if there is a reason for her to do so, 
such as she has to work, she doesn't have anyone to support her, so she has to support herself, or she has to take care of her personal affairs, or she has to tend to her business, for example, if she has a farm, or she has her own business, it is permissible for her to leave to go to the masjid, but she should not uh, put herself in a dangerous situation. This is that which the Shaykh mentioned in tonight's lesson. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى هناك من يأتي من أمريكا أو بريطانيا ويقيم في السعودية ويظن أنه مسافر فإذا فاتته الصلاة في المسجد يصليها قصرا في البيت فهل يجوز له هذا الفعل؟ لا هذا لا يجوز من علم أنه يقيم في البلد أكثر من أربعة أيام ف. الصحيح من كلام العلماء أنه له حكم المقيمين إذا صلى مع الجماعة صلى معهم تابعا للإمام وإذا لم يدرك الجماعة صلى كصلاة المقيمين وهذا هو مذهب الإمام مالك والشافعي لأنها أربعة وأحمد ولأبي حنيفة رحمة الله عليهم جميعا قال أنه يجوز له ولو أراد أن يجلس خمسة عشر يوما وما عداها فهو يرى ما يراه بقية العلم فينبغي لمن قدم إلى بلد ما وهو يعلم أنه يقيم أكثر من أربعة أيام لا يسافر من البلدة التي دخلها أو المكان الذي حل فيه ينبغي أن يصلي صلاة الحضر المقيمين النبي ما أمر الذين يأتون إلى المدينة يجلسون أياما يقول لهم إن أدركتم الصلاة معنا صلوها وإلا فصلوا قصرا له لو كان الأمر كذلك لأمر من لم يدرك الجماعة أن يصلي قصرا the individual is asking uh, if a person, there's some people that come from America or from the UK and they feel that they are not from the country so they're a traveler. So if they pray in the masjid they complete their prayers. But if they pray at home they shorten their prayers. This is correct. The Sheikh mentioned this action is not correct and it is not permissible. If an individual travels to a particular land and they know that they're going to stay for more than four days that which is correct from the disagreement of the scholars is that the individual prays the complete prayer as if he is a resident. If he prays in the masjid with the imam, he follows the imam. But if he prays at home, meaning he misses the prayer in the masjid and he prays at home, then he prays the complete prayer as a resident. 
This is the opinion of Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmed, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. And you have Abu Hanifa, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. He felt that it is 15 days. That if a person knows that he's going to stay more than 15 days, then he completes the prayer. Um, but that which is correct is that if the person knows he's going to stay more than four days in that same land that he has traveled to, then the individual has to pray the prayer of the resident. The Prophet وسلم, he during his time, you had individuals that came to Medina from outside of Medina, and they were going to stay there for a period of time. The Prophet وسلم, did not instruct those individuals that if you uh, pray with us, complete your prayer, but if you miss the prayer with us and you pray alone, then shorten your prayer. So this shows you that it is not permissible for a person to uh, do as stated in the question. الذي يقرأ القرآن له بكل حرف عشر حسنات يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا أقول ألف لام ميم حرف وإنما ألف حرف ولام حرف وميم حرف ينبغي الواحد وهو يقرأ أن يفكر بتحريك لسانه وشفتيه وفق ما تقتضيه مخارج الحروف أنه يحصل على ثواب هذا هذه القراءة. Is it incumbent upon the individual who is reciting the Quran to move his tongue and lips? Sheikh Minchin said yes. The individual is not considered uh, to be, uh, or it is not considered that the individual is reciting except that he moves his tongue and his his lips, uh, and that the words are being said from his mouth. If the individual is merely looking at the Quran, then this is not said, it is not said that he is reciting the Quran, but he's thinking of the Quran. And it's incumbent that the individual does so in order to receive, to receive, to receive the reward of the Prophet But the Prophet said with every letter, the person gets ashra hasanat, ten rewards. And the Prophet said, I don't say that alif lam mim is a letter, but alif is a letter, lam is a letter, and mim is a letter. So when the person recites the Quran, and moves, uh, or the letters come out of their mouth, the person will get the reward. So the person when he's reading the Quran, he should keep in mind that in order for him to get the reward, he has to say that which he is reading. يجوز ذلك لكن على أساس أن صلاته التي أداها في المسجد هي فريضة وصلاته تأثم به زوجته بالنسبة له نافلة لكن في ما يتعلق بصلاة العصر 
هو إذا أدى صلاة العصر لا يجوز له أن يصلي نافلة وإذا أدى صلاة الفجر لا يجوز له أن يصلي نافلة بعدها على حسب ما تقتضيه السنة في مواضع النهي The individual is asking, is it permissible for a man to pray his obligatory prayer in the masjid and then he returns to his home and he leads his wife in prayer? The Shaykh mentioned it's permissible, permissible for him to do so, but what should take place is that that which he prays, that which he prays in the masjid is the obligatory prayer and that which he prays at home in terms of leading his wife is the obligatory prayer. But the individual should not do so with Salat al-Asr and Salat al-Fajr. Because if he prays Salat al-Asr in the masjid, then after that he should not perform a supererogatory prayer, and likewise Salat al-Fajr, because this is in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. يقول السائل هل يجوز للمرأة التي تزوجت هل يجوز للمرأة التي ما تزوجت من قبل وليس لها أقارب من المسلمين هل يجوز لها أن تتزوج نفسها إذا لم يكن لها ولي وليست في بلد فيها ولاية شرعية ولا مركز إسلامي يقوم بشؤون المسلمين في هذه الحالة جاز لها لأنها تكون معذورة فإذا قابلت الشخص زوجا لها فإنها لا تملك التصرف أيضا إلا بحصول طلاق Is it permissible for her to uh, conduct her own marriage? And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, if the woman has no ability to get a, uh, a, like a guardian, a male guardian, and she's in a country that does not have uh, Muslim legis- Islamic legislation, and there is no, there is absolutely no Islamic center which uh, handles the affairs of the Muslims, in this situation, it is permissible for her to be the, the one to marry herself because she, she doesn't have any choice in this matter. She doesn't have any choice in this matter. It's similar the affair of talaq. إذا لم يجد مكانا في المسجد يصلي فيه وتعذر عليه أن يقتدي بالإمام إلا أن يصف معه ولو خارج المسجد فلا حرج في ذلك لأن الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم والنبي يقول عليه الصلاه والسلام اذا امرتكم بامر فاتوا منه ما استطعتم. وهل يجوز له ان يصلي بوحده او لازم لازم يكون معه؟ اذا لم يحصل له احد بتاتا وصار اما ان يدرك الصلاه 
فيصلي وحده واما ان لا يجد احد فلا يصلي لا فليصلي لان هذا ما الذي يقدر عليه. Individuals asking if a person approaches the masjid and the masjid is uh, completely full, uh, is it permissible for the person to pray outside of the masjid? The Shaykh Majid Ta'ala, if the person approaches the masjid and there's no place for him to pray, and the individual does not have the ability to reach the side of the Imam, meaning he can line up on the side of the Imam, but even that is not possible for the individual, then it is permissible for the individual to pray outside of the masjid in a row. Then I said to the Shaykh, uh, what if there's no one to pray with him? The Shaykh mentioned, if there's absolutely, if he can, there's absolutely no chance for anyone to pray with him, and the person wants to reach the prayer, then he can pray by himself, uh, following the Imam. He can pray by himself outside of the masjid, follow, following the Imam, because the Prophet said, fear Allah, or Allah mentioned in the Quran, fear Allah to the best of your ability, and the Prophet mentioned, uh, that which you have the ability to do, do. So the individual, if he doesn't have the ability to, to have someone join him, then he would pray by himself. هذه المسألة فيها خلاف. لكن الراجح هو هذا الذي ذكرته وهو اختيار الشيخ الإسلام بن تيمية وعدد من العلماء. You mentioned in that last issue about praying by himself, he's trying to reach the congregation. Uh, he said this, there's اختلاف, there's this disagreement amongst the scholars in this issue. But this is the opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and other scholars from Mawks al-Salaam. يقول السائل هل يجوز لمن يصلي أن يقرر نفس السورة أكثر من مرة؟ ينبغي للمصلي أن يحرص على عدم تكرار السورة لكن لو فعل لا تقل الصلاة النبي ما كان يقرأ السورة ثم يعيدها وهو يصلي والله يقول لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة. Individuals asking is it permissible for the person who is praying to repeat the same surah more than once? And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala and what's the pity is that the person does not repeat the surah more than once. But if the person did so it would not invalidate the prayer. But this was not the action of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would not recite a complete surah and then recite it over again. And verily Allah mentioned, Verily you have the message of Allah, the best example. يعني من بنين وبنات بالصلاة لسبع إذا يعني إذا أكمل الواحد منهم سبع سنين يؤمر بأن يصلي لكن لا يضرب يؤمر ويلح عليه فإذا كم أكمل عشرا يؤمر وإذا لم يطع يضرب لكن ضربا لا يجرح لحما ولا يكسر عظما وإنما يؤلم Individuals asking, how do I uh, encourage my son to pray in the masjid? In the Shaykh Mishra Habib Allah Ta'ala, the Prophet said, uh, order your children to pray at the age of seven. So at the age, once the child reaches the age of seven, you should order the child to pray, but you shouldn't be strong and staunch in your 
uh, order. And then if he reaches the age of 10, the Prophet said, if they reach the age of 10, then hit them. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's permissible for you to hit them, but you should not do so uh, in a, a, a very strong manner. It, should, it, shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't bruise him. It shouldn't uh, leave a bruise, nor should it uh, cut his skin. But it should just hurt him. So this is the encouragement. يقول السائل إذا تأخر المصلي عن الصلاة ودخل ودخل المسجد والإمام في الركوع فهل يجوز له أن يركع ويمشي إلى الصف؟ لا لا يجوز الذي نهى ذلك الصحابي الذي دخل المسجد الذي يركع فركع وذهب يمشي فأما إلى ما صلى قال من فعل ذلك فقال ذلك الصحابي أنا رسول الله قال لا زادك الله حرصا ولا تعود يعني لا تصنع هذا مرة ثانية Is it permissible for the individual who has missed a portion of the prayer and he enters into the masjid and the imam is bowing is it permissible for that individual to bow before he reaches the row and then walk to the row while he's bowing the shaykh mentioned it is not permissible because verily the prophet forbade the companion that did so uh, during the time of the Prophet uh, This took place and the Prophet was in the Ruku'ah and a man entered into the masjid and he bowed and walked to the road. At the end of the prayer, the Prophet said, who did that? And the man said, I did. The Prophet said, may Allah increase you in knowledge, do not repeat it. So that shows you that it is not permissible. هناك من يرفض هناك من أولياء الأمور من يرفض من يأتيه لمخاطبة بناته وذلك لسبب وجود معاصي فهل للولي حق أن يرفض من يرى عليه أثر المعاصي يجب على ولي أمر الفتاة أن يمنعها ويرفض الخاطب إذا لم يكن على دين لأنها أمانة المرأة الفتاة أمانة في عنق ولي أمرها عليه ألا يسهر لها إلا على من يثق بحفظ دينها عليها. The question is there are some individuals who they're responsible they're guardians for women. And they reject men or they reject individuals who approach them to marry the females uh, because of sins that they see upon those individuals. Is it the right of the guardian to reject these, these males? The Sheikh mentioned it is obligatory upon the guardians of the women to uh, restrict and to prevent those women from marrying individuals who do not have, uh, who are not upright in their religion. You are not upright in the religion because this is a, a trust. This is a trust upon the necks of those guardians. So the guardian should not allow anyone to marry the female except the individual who you trust 
his religion and his uprightness. يقول السائل هناك في بريطانيا بعض الناس يقول إذا لم نسمع الأذان من بيوتنا فلا فليست واجب فليست واجب علينا أو فليس واجب علينا أن نذهب للصلاة إذا كان المسجد بعيدا ويشق على الناس الذهاب إليه مشقة حقيقية جاز لهم إذا لم يذهبوا أن يصلوا في بيوتهم إذا لم يكن هناك مساجد والمسجد يحتاج إلى جهد كبير فلا وأما كون لم يسمع المقصود فيه أن الإنسان إذا سمع يعلم أن المسجد ليس بعيد يمكن المسجد ما يحضر المؤذن فلا يؤذن يقول صلوا في بيوتكم لا المهم أن تعد هذه الصلوات من الرجال في المساجد. Individuals asking in England, you have some people that say uh, if we do not hear the adhan, it is not incumbent upon us to pray in congregation in the masjid. The Shaykh answered Habibullah Ta'ala, if the masjid is, is very far and getting to the masjid uh, brings about a great uh, level of harm or difficulty, one brings about a great level of difficulty, then it is permissible for the individual to pray in his home. Um, for example, if there's no masajid in his area, or if they're very far, then it is permissible for the individual to pray in his home. But the statement of the individual that if I do not hear the mas, if I do not hear the adhan, what's intended is if the adhan is if the masjid is very far. But it is not so accurate because what if the muaddin, what if the masjid is close but the muaddin doesn't call the adhan that day? Does that mean it's permissible for you to pray in your home? No. So what is intended is, or what the, the, the criteria is, is the masjid far or is the masjid close? This is the criteria for whether the individual can pray at home or not. أول الحمد لله على ما وفق وهنيئا لكم اختيار هذه الرسالة بما فيها من الخير الكثير فيما يتعلق بالصلاة وبقية الأعمال البدنية الملحقة بها فأرجو أيضا أن يحرص الجميع عليها ويتفهموها ويفهموا ما تشتمل عليه رسالة الشيخ رحمة الله عليه شيخ الإسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب وعنوانها آداب المشي إلى الصلاة لكنها أيضا أوسع من ذلك حسب مدلول الرسالة فالحقيقة أن يؤهنكم مرة ثانية لحسن الاختيار لأن تكون موضع الدراسة وأسأل الله جل وعلا أن ينفعنا جميعا بما نسمع ونقول من الخير وأن يصدنا جميعا عن الشر في كل الأمور كما أسأله بأسمائه وصفاته أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وأن يرفع عن المسلمين في كل مكان 
المحن والمذلات وأن يوفق المسلمين في كل مكان لإخلاص العبادة لله جل وعلا والحرص على أن يعدوا صلواتهم كما صلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقد قال صلوا كما رأيتموني أصلي كما أسره سبحانه أن يعاجل المظلومين المغفورين في الشام في الخروج من هذه المحنة ثم على المسلم أن يتفكر في الغرب والشرق سكوتهم عما يحصل في الشام من تدمير البيوت أو في فلسطين وسفك الدماء والقتل ليس خاصا بالمقاتلين الذين يقاتلون النظام لا القتل لمن في البيوت من نساء وذرية وغير ذلك فالكفر لم يرضى عن المسلم وقد قال النبي صلى الله وقد قال الله جل وعلا ولن ترضى عنك اليهود ولا النصارى حتى تدي ملكا اليهود يشترك معهم اهل الشرك الاكبر والنصارى تبع الجميع الله يقول لتجدن اشد الناس عداوه للذين امنوا اليهود والذين اشركوا فنسال الله جل وعلا ان يعاجل المظلومين في الشام وفي فلسطين وفي العراق وان يطفئ الفتن من اليمن ومصر وليبيا وبقيه الاقطار الاسلاميه وان يفرج قربات اهل شرق اسيا الذين يحكمهم المشركون البوذيون أن يعاجلهم بالنصر والتمكين والهداية والاستقامة كما أسأل الله أسأل الله جل وعلا أن يحفظ على هذه البلاد المملكة السعودية أن يحفظ عليها أمنها على دينها ودنياها وأن يوفق ولاة أمرها لنصرة الحق وإذلال الباطل وصيانة العقيدة ودوام تحكيم الشريعه وحراسه الاخلاق الاسلاميه بان لا تمتهن لا فيما يتعلق بالنساء ولا فيما يتعلق بسفهاء الفتيان والرجال الذين يتاثرون بالاخلاق الغربيه او الشرقيه فالكفر في مجمله ملة واحدة كما أسأل الله جل وعلا بكم مرة ثانية أن يحقق للجميع صفاء الإيمان وصدق التمسك بسنة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأن يجيرنا جميعا من الفتن ويجير ذرارينا وقراباتنا وأحبابنا وأحبابنا من الفتن إنه سبحانه وتعالى مجيب الدعاء وآخر الدعوان عن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. The Sheikh Mujahid Allah Ta'ala, we praise Allah Azza wa Jalla for allowing us 
to choose this treaties because which is related to salat and other actions and we hope from all of you that you're very diligent in understanding it and that which is present in it its content because the name of the treaties is the etiquettes of walking to the prayer but it is more than that so this is a good selection for us to study we ask Allah to benefit us with that which we read and that which we hear and that which we say we ask Allah to protect us we ask Allah by his names and attributes to protect us from all evil we ask Allah to give might and glory to Islam and to debase the kufr and that Allah allows us to establish the sincere tawheed and that everyone is uh, diligent in praying as the Prophet ﷺ prayed. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, pray as you see me pray. So we ask Allah to make us uh, fulfill that obligation. And we ask Allah to give ease to those who are being oppressed in Syria and that they, their oppression is lifted and removed from them. And it is upon all of the Muslims in the East and in the West to think about how they're being quiet about the oppression in Syria because verily the oppression and the killing which is taking place there is not only for those who are opposing the government but it is also for the families who are present the innocent people who are present in their homes they are also being killed and verily this belief would not be content with any of us as Allah said in the Quran that the Jews and the Christians will not be pleased with you until you follow their religion so, and Allah mentioned that those who you will find to be the strongest enemies to you are the Jews and those who commit shirk. So we ask Allah to give ease to the people of Sham, to give ease to the people of Syria, to give ease to the people of Palestine, to give ease to the people that are being oppressed in Iraq, and as well as in, 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 uh, in Asia, that Allah gives them ease and removes the oppression, those who are being ruled by the Buddhists, and... We ask Allah to give victory, to give them comfort, and we ask Allah to, to make them upright. And likewise, we ask Allah to preserve the security and safety which is present in the Saudi Arabia. We ask Allah to protect our religion, to protect our worldly affairs, and to give the rulers the success to uh, support the truth and to debase the evil. And we ask Allah to protect our aqidah. And we ask Allah to preserve the ruling by the Islamic legislation. And we ask Allah for them, the rulers, to be diligent in protecting the Islamic character and personality, uh, especially that of the women, them from being deviated, and also from the youth, the Muslim youth, to become deviated and to follow the Western uh, character. For verily, kufr is one path. So once again, we ask Allah for all of us to... Uh, protect and purify our Iman and to make us sincere followers and to make us from those who truly adhere to the Sunnah of the Prophet and to protect our family members and our relatives and those who are beloved to us and our last supplication all praise be to Allah the Lord of the world and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad and his family members and companions.